0: Get the most out of your time in the outdoors and go to forlow.com and use code DailyWire for 20% off your purchase. That's forlow.com, code DailyWire. Well, you know, we talked to a lot of people for uh, my film, What is a Woman, which is streaming now exclusively on the Daily Wire. And you go to Woman.com and get signed up, and you can watch the film right now. Many of the conversations we had were unintentionally hilarious, many were disturbing. Veering significantly over to the disturbing end of the spectrum is my interview with Dr. Michelle. Forcier, who is, as you'll hear her proudly identify herself, a gender affirming pediatrician, also an abortionist. Uh, we flew up to uh, Providence, Rhode Island uh, to speak with Dr. Fourcier. She was, you know, friendly enough at first. And what we found in many of the interviews that you'll see in What is a Woman is that gender ideologues are very polite and nice right up until the moment when you express any skepticism at all. But before we get to that point um, where things really start to sort of fall apart, let's get to know Michelle a little bit. Watch.
1: My name is Michelle Forcier and I have a medical degree from University of Connecticut residency, University of Utah Pediatrics, and I've worked for a number of different Planned Parenthoods for 20 years. I do advanced contraception and abortion as well as gender hormones and sort of looking at the whole sort of schema of gender, sex, and and reproductive um, justice.
0: So you've done a lot of work in this field. Could you just start by telling us? Sure. uh, At what age can a child first begin to transition into another gender or identify themselves as a gender different from how they were born?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's research and data that show that um, babies and infants um, understand differences in gender. Some children figure out their gender really early, and the reason why we are say, oh, that's, that's interesting or important, is because they're figuring out their gender identity is not necessarily congruent with their sex assigned at birth.
0: When the, when the doctor sees the penis and says, this is a male, has the sex of male, that's an arbitrary distinction.
1: Telling that family, based on that little penis, that your child is absolutely 100% male-identified, no matter what else occurs in their life, That's not correct.
0: So what is gender affirmation care? You're a big proponent of, if we walk through a child is sitting down with you, is questioning their gender. What's the gender affirmation process?
1: Affirmation means that as a pediatrician, as someone who says my job is to provide the best medical care for you, is I need to listen really carefully. And how I put it in words for kids so that they can understand it is tell me your story. Where have you been in terms of your gender and your gender identity? Where are you right now? And more excitingly, where would you like to be in the
0: future? Have you ever met a four year old who believes in Santa Claus?
1: Mm
0: hmm. So, this is someone who believes that a fat man is traveling through the sky on a flying reindeer at lightning speed, coming down his chimney with presents. Yeah. Would you say that this is someone who maybe has a tenuous grasp on reality?
1: They have an appropriate four-year-old handle on the sure. reality Agreed. that's very real for them.
0: Agreed. Agreed. But Santa Claus is real for them, but yeah. Santa Claus is not actually real.
1: Yeah, well, and, but Santa Claus does deliver their Christmas presents.
0: Well, yeah, but he's not real, though.
1: To that child, they are.
0: When I see a child who, you know, believes in Santa Claus, and then let's say this is a boy, and he says, I'm a girl.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is someone who can't distinguish between fantasy and reality, so how could you take that? As a reality,
1: I would say that as a pediatrician and as a parent, I would say how wonderful my four year old in their imagination is. You
0: know, one of the hardest things as we did this film, uh, especially in interviewing somebody like that, is uh, not like my instincts just to yell at them to, to begin with. But that's not what the, it's kind of a short film if it's just me going around yelling at people. The objective here is to ask questions, and that's, and that's, uh, all we did through the whole film is just, is just uh, is, uh, ask questions. And let gender ideology essentially hang itself is the idea. And, uh, and, and to show, is this something that can withstand scrutiny or not? Even just basic scrutiny. And what we discovered is that it can't. So what's happening in that exchange is, uh, first of all, she says, uh, talking about a child who, who sits down with her is uh, she wants to know about their gender journey and where would you like to be in the future? So she's talking about a, a child's like five-year gender plan. But the point I was trying to get across to her is that children don't have a grasp on reality. I mean, even if in theory, people could choose their own gender, which they can't, but if they could, it wouldn't make sense to say that a child could choose it. Children believe in Santa Claus. So like, what do they know about reality? If a a child is four years old and believes that not only Santa Claus is real, but that fairies and dragons and it lives appropriately in this kind of fantasy world, and then the boy says that I'm a girl, that claim exists within the same fantasy world. This is just imagination. This is a kid who just doesn't doesn't understand the distinction between fantasy and reality. Um, So how can they make these determinations? But then again, as as we f- I found there, Michelle wouldn't even affirm that Santa doesn't exist. So I, that was, I was unclear about that also. Like, are you—do you actually think that Santa exists? What's happening? But it's—as it's, it's, you're talking to these people, it's like your own—you you feel yourself going slightly insane. So it was a pretty bewildering exchange there, but it only gets weirder from here. Let's keep watching. Male gametes. That's what makes me male. No.
1: Your, your sperm don't make you male. Then what does? It's a constellation.
0: In reality, in truth, okay?
1: Whose truth are we talking about?
0: The same truth that says we're sitting in this room right now, you and I.
1: No, you're not listening.
0: If I, if I see a chicken laying eggs and I say, that's a female chicken laying eggs, did I assign female or am I just observing a physical reality that's happening in the world? Does a chicken have
1: gender identity? Does a chicken cry? Well, a chi- Does a chicken commit suicide? Let's it frame with, it because you're talking. You're trying. A, a chicken
0: to, has sex, like any like any a biological organism. Chicken has organism.
1: an assigned gender, but a chicken doesn't have a gender identity. So we
0: assign female to chickens when they lay eggs. That's a, we that's, assume
1: they're female if they lay eggs.
0: That right there will uh, go down for me as maybe one of the most out, probably, and, and every other thing make, that makes it on this particular list is, also happened in the film, but certainly one of the most outrageous. Uh, exchanges I've ever had with anybody. And, of course, see, this, this is what happens when you start asking questions to, to, the, to the gender, to the proponent of gender ideology, is um, they, you know, they, start, they end up backing themselves into various corners and they have to make um, increasingly more wild sort of claims to get themselves out of the corners that they've backed themselves into. And so when you're talking about sex, for example... Like, it's all on a spectrum, and uh, sex is something that is, as she says in in our conversation, she says that sex is uh, assigned at birth, that just, like, doctors are just deciding this kind of arbitrarily. Well, if that's the nature of sex, then what about other organisms aside from human beings? Okay, we would also say that when a chicken is laying eggs, oh, well, that's a female chicken. Are we assigning that? Is that that just something we've decided that the chicken is female? Or is the chicken female? And if the chicken is female, then that would tell us something about the nature of biological sex, which is that it's not assigned, it is observed. But she can't go along with that, and so she starts talking about the chicken's gender identity and whether chickens commit suicide. Um, And it doesn't get much better from there. Well, last week, Kim Kardashian announced her new role as chief taste consultant for Beyond Meat, an alternative meat maker. According to a Bloomberg report, this is a last ish effort for the company's survival, having seen an 80% plunge in shares of the last 12 months. They say, quote, Kim's ability to raise a company's profile will be welcome for Beyond Meat, which is working to tame waning consumer curiosity about its products. I shouldn't have to say this, but I will. Um, fake meat is gross, and eating fake meat is not going to save the environment. Also, it's uh, fitting that a fake meat company would make the fakest person on the planet their chief taste consultant. So there's a little bit of uh, some symmetry and poetry there. I don't like fake things. I I like the real deal. That's why I've officially declared myself the unofficial chief taste consultant for Good Ranchers, the meat company that delivers only 100% real American meat. And for my first act as Chief Taste Consultant, I want to tell you about Good Ranchers' latest promotion. Right now, when you go to goodranchers.com Walsh and use code Walsh, you'll get two 18-ounce prime center-cut ribeyes free with your order. That's a $100 value for free. That's uh, promo code Walsh at goodranchers.com Walsh. This is a deal you don't want to pass up. Don't support crazy people and their fake meat. Buy from Good Ranchers instead. At what age does the medical transition begin with uh, medication?
1: So medical affirmation begins when the patient says they're ready for it. So that could be a a kiddo who is just starting puberty and panicking because they're getting breast buds or their penis is getting bigger and busier and they're worried about all kinds of masculine changes. And that way, puberty blockers, which are completely reversible and don't have permanent effects, are wonderful because we can put that pause on puberty just like if you were listening to music, you put the pause on and we stop the blockers, and puberty would go right back to where it was. The next note in the song just delayed that period of time.
0: So, this is a part this is apart from later in the film as we start getting into more of the specifics here about puberty blockers. And I'm, I'm not going to say myself right now a lot in response to that because you have to go watch the film. Um, because as I said, we I'm asking questions and we don't just ask questions of people on this side, we bring in other people. So there's a there's a little bit of a back and forth here, but we're going to get a response in the film to this claim that puberty can just be just be you know just pause it as she says like like music. Does the human body work that way? I mean, is 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 that the way it works, where you can take a drug to intentionally um, interfere with certain normal healthy processes, and you could take and then there's there's no negative consequences at all just stop taking the drug and pick up where you left off which of course the the interesting thing is that even if that was true which it isn't as you'll see in the film but even if it was true well then wouldn't that mean i mean if a child's taking puberty blockers to stop their normal development and then we're just putting it on pause for let's say five years and then they decide that okay i don't want to take this anymore Well, at a minimum, now they're going to be five years behind in their growth and development. So even according to her version of events, like at a minimum, you're going to have stunted growth. And you're going to have someone who is behind in their physical development. But actually, the consequences are a lot worse than that. As we uh, discover in the film and as we get into um, in this next exchange about the puberty blockers themselves, what are they? What do they do? Uh, what is their what, what is their actual purpose? Uh, let's watch that. One of the drugs used is Lupron, right? Which mm-hmm. has actually been used to chemically castrate sex offenders.
1: You know what? I'm not sure that we should continue with this interview because it seems like it's oh, so- going in a particular direction.
0: Well, you're a medical professional. I
1: am a medical professional.
0: So you don't want to talk about the drugs that you give to kids? or
1: Again... I'm a physician, and I use medication. You're choosing exploitive words, drugs I give to I'm, I'm choosing a Chemical word that was in a
0: dictionary. That's
1: not a correct term for puberty blocking. I, and I, mean, a I could like, look person. it up on my
0: phone, but I'm pretty sure if I looked it up, like... You,
1: you can look it up on your phone.
0: It says medical definition, the administration of a drug to bring about a mark reduction in the body's production of androgens, and especially testosterone.
1: And I'm saying, as a pediatrician who takes care of hundreds of these kids, when you use that terminology, you were being malignant and harmful.
0: I mean, there are some who would say that giving chemical castration drugs to kids is malignant and harmful.
1: It's about the context of caring for a child and, and seeing the, the suffering that kids can have that have not been in affirmative home situations.
0: So that was the part in our conversation where things got, um, things got a bit contentious, but I wouldn't say that, it, that, it, that that's when they started to get contentious. Actually what we discovered in doing these interviews is that um, you know I kind of knew going in, uh, I, I had certain points in mind where, where I thought okay well when I ask this question, um, it you know things might get a little bit tense and I, I kind of know because well, that's, that's, that's more of a challenging question. And what I found so often in these interviews is that things got tense much earlier than I originally thought they would. Because there were questions that I thought would be really easy for the person that I'm talking to that turned out not to be easy at all. Questions like, uh, what's the difference between sex and gender? You know, these are like, that's that's supposed to be a softball. But even that, things start to go off the rails in a lot of these interviews when I ask even a question like that. Because what we found is that um, these people, these gender ideologues, especially the ones who are in this industry, and they're making a lot of money off of promoting gender confusion, especially in kids, it's that what we found is that they are not prepared to encounter any skepticism at all. They're not prepared to answer any questions. The only questions they're prepared to answer are the questions that are not really questions at all, right? Questions like, uh, how how meaningful is it to you to be able to help people in their gender journey? Like that, those kind of questions, where it's just a setup for them to give a pre-planned, canned uh, you know, speech. So by the time we got to this exchange, it had already gotten pretty tense. And uh, and of course, I asked her about Lupron. Now, this is a drug that she gives to kids. And as we hear from somebody else in the film, Scott Nugent, um, who has experience with these kinds of drugs, personal experience, this drug in particular is a drug. It is actually by definition chemical castration, which is why I wasn't planning on doing this, but I pulled out my phone, look up the, de- the definition of chemical castration. She, sa- she says that chemical castration, that's an exploitative word, and I'm being malignant and harmful by using that word. Well, look up the definition of chemical castration, and that is a puberty blocker. That is by definition, when you give a kid a puberty blocker, you are performing chemical castration on the kid, period and we know that because lupron specifically has been used to chemically castrate sex offenders you notice in that exchange by the way she didn't deny she she takes issue with the words that i'm using she threatens to get up and storm out um she's offended by the by the way that i'm phrasing it the words but she never says oh no that's 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 totally incorrect lupron does not do that lupron's never been used that way doesn't say that you can. I don't have to tell you that, that uh, gas prices are really high right now. You've probably noticed yourself every time you go to the, the pump, it gives you heartburn. Well, here's the good news. There's an incredible app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about, and it's called Upside because there is a little bit of upside when you're pumping gas, and this is it. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use promo code Walsh for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. That's all cash back that you get into your account. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Upside. Just download the app for free. It is a free app to emphasize and use promo code Walsh for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. It's not just for gas either. You can get cash back at grocery stores, another place where you could use some savings, restaurants and uh, with takeout also. You can cash out anytime to your bank account or an e-gift card for select retailers and brands. All you gotta do is download the free Upside app and use promo code Walsh to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Just use my promo code Walsh. Now that's code Walsh. And then finally, of course, we get to the, the question, which is the question I ask uh, everyone, and uh, which is, what is a woman? And probably he's not gonna surprise you by now that she doesn't exactly have an answer for it, but let's uh, let's listen to what she comes up with. So we're going on this journey. Boys can be girls, girls can be boys. Men can be women, women can be men. It makes me wonder, what, what is a woman?
1: What is a woman? A woman is someone who claims that as their identity. It could be many things to many people.
0: Hmm. That was our answer. Well, a woman is anyone. And that was, by the way, not to give any spoilers away, but that is the answer from the left to the question, which is a non-answer. It's the same thing as not answering at all. But that is, that is the answer. A woman is someone who says they're a woman. And of course, to everyone who gives me that answer in the film, I have the follow-up. Well, a woman is someone who identifies as a woman. What are they identifying as? And around and around we go. Because they don't have an answer to the question. This is a medical doctor um, who can't tell you what a woman is. I mean, this is someone who, who if someone goes to her and says, as a man and says, I, you know, I'm really a woman and I want to transition into a woman, She will help facilitate that process, and yet she doesn't know what the word means. She doesn't actually know. She, by her own testimony, when someone says, I want to transition to a woman, she doesn't even know what that means. Like, what are you transitioning into? She has no idea. As we found over and over again in the film, and that was just a few minutes of the film, um, only one person of the dozens that we spoke to, and I can tell you right now that um, what we heard in those clips there I don't think any of it qualifies as quite the craziest thing we heard. The chicken part gets pretty close. Still not all the way there. There's, there's so much more that you need to see. But you have to go to whatisawoman.com and subscribe to see it um, a lot more where that came from. I promise you. Go see for yourself. Whatisawoman.com Did you know a baby's heartbeat uh, begins at just three weeks? At five weeks, you can hear it on an ultrasound. By six weeks, the baby's eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to move his or her hands. I'm telling you this because when a mother who is considering abortion is introduced to her child via ultrasound, when she hears the heartbeat for the first time, she's twice as likely to choose life. And that's how Preborn rescued 200 babies every day. They provide mothers with free ultrasounds so that they can meet the life that is growing inside them. Preborn needs our help. To save these precious souls for just 28 bucks you can sponsor an ultrasound and save a life and if you become a monthly sponsor you'll receive stories and ultrasound pictures that uh, of the lives that you help save all gifts are tax deductible and 100% of your donation goes towards saving babies to donate dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby that's pound 250 baby or go to preborn.com/walsh that's preborn.com/walsh